Hi, y'all. It's Angela, and I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And today I am chatting with one of my very best friends in the industry and the entire world. He is like a brother to me. And so I'm talking with Jay Qualls. He is a celebrity cake designer and the owner of Willow Tree Business consulting. Jay and I go way, way back and we're going to fill you in on our journey because we've been on this creative journey the entire time that you and I both have been in business. Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Are you looking for a community of like-minded people to help you GSD? That's get shit done for your business. Well, guess what? If you are serious, and I mean serious, about being a leader as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business owner, whatever you want to call it, you are personally invited to an exclusive Facebook group called I Am a GSD Leader, where we all collaborate on giving value and getting value. So here's the link. Are you ready? It's bit.ly slash I Am a GSD Leader. So send me a request and let's get going on GSD. It's really interesting. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of the podcast. I just absolutely love it. And uh, you guys are in for a real treat today because, yeah, we've been on this creative journey for a very long time. And uh, we have seen, I think, at least a a percentage of everything that could possibly happen, good and bad. (laughs) I mean, literally, I, I think back to the beginning and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, we've come so far. So I hope when you hear and you know what we've done together and that it inspires all of you to just really just take a breath and just know that it's part of the journey of getting to where you're supposed to be. Absolutely. Um, Because when we met, I remember it like it was yesterday. We were at a, we were at a lunch and learn type thing for a magazine. I think a new magazine that was coming into town. Yep. Back then, they used magazines, you know, back in the old days. Um, iPhones do, didn't exist do, No, they did not. We were both Blackberry whores. Crackberry. Yeah, we were. And we loved our Blackberries. And, um, yeah, we met. Um, I showed up at a, a lunch. You know, it was basically a pitch to sell us advertising. Honest to God, that's probably, that's really what it was. And they were going to feed us lunch. And I just happened to sit down beside this lady, Angela, and her mom. I didn't know that at the time, who I adore. And um, we literally hit it off instantly, I think. And our friendship 
blossomed from that moment and not only just friendship, but family and friend and everything. And oh, it's yeah. delightful. And we hardly get to talk so much, long ago. I know it's been at least 15 years or more. Yeah. And the thing is, we started our companies about the same time. I was in healthcare and uh, I got downsized. Um, I had done cakes for a long time. I did my first cake on April 25th, 1992. And the only reason I remember that is because it was like, how do you remember that? I know, right? (laughs) Well, it's because it was a monumental moment. Um, It was um, for my daughter's first birthday. And And how old is she? She's 28 this year. She'll be 29. So (laughs) I've been doing this shit for 27 years um, (laughs) this year. And it's amazing because you know, I did it mostly out of necessity back then. I was still in college. We had just bought a house. We had a we had a to- an infant. Uh, no, we had a toddler. You know, one year old, and um, we were really young. I was like twenty, twenty two, maybe twenty three uh, at that time. So I had had a um, honest to God, I did it out of necessity because I could bake a cake. I mean, I could. My mom taught me how to bake when I was young, and but I didn't know how to ice a cake. So I reached out to my um, my one of my best friend's moms was my art teacher in middle school and I knew that she did wedding cakes on the side for people. That's the way you used to do it. People would do it for home. And I, I asked her if she would teach me how to make the cake or make the buttercream. And so she taught me how to make what now I know is American buttercream. And I decorated Lauren's first cake um, that day. And it was her first birthday. I still have pictures of it. I still remember the pan. I still actually have the pan my first professional rectangled quarter sheet pan with square corners. That means something to bakers, but not to most people, but I still have it. Um, it's hanging up and it's, I cherish it because I have literally baked literally, I, I would say close to a half million to a million cakes. <laughs> Which then. is crazy. I'm not kidding. I mean, at least a million servings at least. And you know, so I did that cake and then one thing led to, I fell in love with the art of it and, you know, the baking part of it I already loved and being able, being a creative, you know, I was able to take something that I really found a medium that I thought was just intriguing and boy, has it come a long way. Sugar has come so far since then, but at the time, um, it just felt really good to do that and to do it for, for a meaningful, you know, celebration. And so, People just started finding out about it and asking me to do things for them, you know, for friends and family. And I just started doing cakes. And I'll tell you, cakes got me through some really hard times financially. Um, just doing it as a hobby on the side and, you know, not charging nearly what I should have because I didn't know any better. But as a hobby, um, it put some money in my pocket. And uh, fast forward to 2003, and I... Um, I got downsized from my healthcare job. I worked in, uh, I was a program manager for a bariatric uh, center. That's a weight loss, medical weight loss center, uh, surgical weight loss center uh, here in Nashville. And uh, two hospitals merged and I got, I got booted. And oh my God, I was devastated because all I knew was corporate life. I worked Mm -hmm. in Vanderbilt before that um, in pathology. So I, I had a healthcare background, which is something Angela and I both had in common which was really weird because, you know, what's the odds of something like, you know, two people meeting in this industry um, with the same backstory kind of. So 
both very driven people. So I, anyway, I licked my wounds for about three months and my partner at the time was like, well, if you could do anything you wanted, what would it be? And I was like, you know, first of all, I'm never going to be somebody else's bitch. <laughs> first of all, I'm um, never going to just like relinquish control of, to my, de- of my destiny to just the corporate, you know, man or woman, whatever. And so I decided, he's like, well, you have a degree in business. Like, why don't you put it to good use and marketing? And I was like, you know, you're right. So um, I wrote a business plan. I wrote a marketing plan. I mortgaged my house um, and took a loan out and built out a shop. And which was called Maple's Wedding Cakes. It was in really Maple's in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Tennessee. But you know what? The thing was, uh, they came at that time. I was driving to work every day, which is a, which then it was nothing. It was a 30 minute commute. It was just really nothing. That's pre traffic. That's pre traffic. Exactly. We got real pre- traffic now. But let me tell you, the reason I put it there, in all honesty, is because I wanted to work where I live and live where I work. And I had never had that. I always commuted into Nashville for my job, no matter where I lived. I was, I never really lived in Nashville. Well, you didn't have an opportunity to really live in Nashville proper back then. Um, it just wasn't really feasible. There wasn't housing like there is now. Like you can't throw a rock without hitting a condo now. Um so I built it out there because it was affordable. And I, but what I realized very quickly is that all my customers were in Nashville, um, like 90% of them, but they always drove to me. They drove 30 to 45 minutes yep. in traffic after work every evening and on Saturday and Sunday to come and meet with me and do a tasting. And it's because, Angela, I think it's really because and well, you know this, I created an experience for our brides and clients alike that nobody else was yep. offering in Nashville. And I really believe that that was, you know, the key to my success. My initial success was trying to really listen to what was being wanted out there. Um, I didn't want people to come into a two-seater iron little table in a window or in a public space and me plop down you know some horrific cake samples and rush them through a tasting and I, I wanted them to come and have an experience and that's really I really believe that was the key because I put a lot of effort into the space where they came they were able to see it touch it smell it and they already knew the cost before they got to me because I also feel like that that is a a very good solid business model because you drive away the people who aren't um, I call them looky lose you know um, people that really can't afford you to begin with because my prices are not arbitrary all right they 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 come from some a place of of a lot of analytics a lot of data collection a lot of of cost accounting um, because what we what I do is is very labor intensive from a because you take a pile of ingredients and you turn it into something spectacular and it's skilled work that you can't easily get so it it cost and the things i tried to do was step outside of the box of, of also what everybody else was offering in the marketplace to be my own um what does i mean a designer i guess 
uh, I, I wanted to create my own brand, basically. And when you look at that cake, you knew it was one of my cakes. And people, and that worked. I really did, you know, I really did do that. People would recognize my work when, when my name is, literally isn't on it. And so I, I'm very proud of that. But it took a lot of work. But not that. only did you create an experience, let's really take it a step further because, yes, you did that. But really, I feel like you could sell a cake design and an idea that is totally effing off the wall. And you could be serving cake samples off the floor and people would still get it. Like, I'm being funny, but like you would yeah. never do that. But you pushed the boundaries and you pushed the limits and you didn't want to do what everybody was doing. And that's why no. you and I connected right off the bat is because we wanted to be innovative together. It's like people would ask us, where do you get your inspiration? And it's like, what do you mean? Like my clients. And it's not like we're looking in books and we are on Pinterest, like Pinterest and social media did oh. not exist when Jay and I started our business. It did okay. not. It, it did at not. all. <laughs> so it's very different today. But it's really about surrounding yourself with the right people who are going yep. to support you, help you get as cheesy as it sounds like get those dream clients. I mean, we we've gone through some hell and back. And I mean, it still oh. happened to me this past weekend. I felt like I was in a nightmare with the weather and an outdoor wedding. And it's just like, no matter how long we do this, there's always something. But every year you get inspired and you always come up with new things, but it's based off of the client's, really, what is the client about? So, right. And I, I think it's super important for me to be able to sit face to face with my client, get to know them. And I play this game and you know this now. I mean, after years of doing this and sitting in front of thousands of people, I almost can profile the client just by sitting in the room with them and looking at them and looking at their style of their clothing. And I can almost pull out a custom design cake to meet their taste. And you've seen me do it. I, I, yeah. I do it a lot. And the thing is, I try to make it customized, customized to them. Listen, I can design. So what I tried to do every year, I would come up with and think outside the box of how you and I, for example, when we work together, you allowed me limitless imagination. You did not pigeonhole me at all when it came to it. And frankly, you did not have to babysit me um, in a way that uh, I've, I've, I've seen when I work with other, other planners. I mean, it's just, there's a world of difference. So I appreciate that. I mean, and I've told you that before, but I'll say no it here shit. publicly. Yeah, well, I, it's my responsibility to be a responsible vendor, all right? Um, not only to you, but to the client as well. And I take that very seriously. And I over-deliver what I promise I'm going to deliver, or I at least try to so hard. Um, I treated every client as if it were my daughter getting married and you know, we had some difficult clients sometimes too that I didn't really ask for. And, but I also learned from that. I was like, you know what? I don't, you don't have to say yes to everything. Um, there's sometimes I call them red flags. I mean, I would, I would reach out to Angela sometimes and be like, man, I've got this, I've got red flags with this customer. And I was like, and it's not necessarily her customer. 
I would be like, I, I just feel like I need to say no to this because I feel like it's going to come back and get me if I don't. And I've learned that. And uh, do you remember the, um, I'm not going to mention, uh, this is just one example. Do you remember the wedding we did in a big tent that had the leopard feathers and Oh yeah. The yeah. There's you, yeah, yeah. TV you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Uh-huh. That was one of my, and I knew the family. Okay. So yeah. it was really awkward. Um, they did a charge back on me because they said it's not what they wanted. And it was like, it's exactly what you wanted. Mm-hmm. It is exactly. And fortunately I had a contract. Fortunately I had a picture of a sketch, um, assigned estimate, assigned everything. Like, they did a full on chargeback on me and I disputed it against with my credit card, with their credit card company provided all the documentation, but I knew I should have said no to that. And that was one of the ones that was like, okay, I'm drawing the line here. I don't have to say yes to everything. If I'm that desperate, I need to get out of the business. Yep. I, you do not need to have that innate desire to say yes and seek affirmation from your work or from your clients you know, it's okay to be proud of your work, but you do not need to be that desperate. And if you are that desperate, there's a reason you need to step back and take a look at 10,000 feet up. So I, I, I learned a lot, but I also, when, we, when it came to us pushing boundaries, I don't think we, I think we were the first people to ever hang a cake in Nashville. Ever. <laughs> ever. 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 I, we were probably the first one, maybe You're not. You were first maybe. to do foe. <laughs> Uh, the first to do the faux ones, you know, to where we had no limits, no limitations, no boundaries whatsoever based on serving numbers, because that's what that truly people don't understand that the shape of the pan and the size of the pan is what dictates the silhouette of the cake. And I got sick of being dictated by when we're doing these huge productions and these weddings that, you know, they've got 300 people come, but they only want to serve a hundred guests. And I'm just like, well, that's going to give you a three tier wedding cake in this gigantic space. I'm like, hell no, we're going to make this, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And we're not going to have any limitations anymore. So when I got to looking at how I would do photo shoots for magazines and things like that, I was like, well, why can't I do this for a real wedding? And I looked at Angela and she was like, well, I don't see why not. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) And you know what? What's weird is everybody freaking, I would say 98% of our clients actually was like, God, that makes so much sense. Yep. It takes away so much stress and the cake is so important to them. They want to enjoy that cake and, and they can get amazing photos of the cake and they can really re- relish the moment of what we spent so much time doing. I mean, we, we started making the cake, one of the centerpieces and made some extraordinary displays like around the center of a cake, like at country music hall of fame. And you know, before they even had that space that's up there now. I mean, we've even done it there. By the way, we're probably only the first or second <laughs> people where I get a call after setting up a cake of the night before. Oh my God. Are me. you going to talk about the Country Music Hall of Fame cake? Yeah. It fell? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, tell them. Yeah, that's a good fell. story. So it's, it's a really heavy cake. It's probably what, seven tiers? And mm-hmm. so I made this cake. I designed this cake for this client, which was just absolutely delightful. And and she allowed me to be creative and use what I do and know and feel and create this cake that was basically like a chandelier that was hanging upside down above the sweetheart table. So All right. Cool. Oh my God. It was, be- it was dripping in jewels. Now 
it was not all real. It wasn't a real cake. It was faux cake, but it was all decorated real. And it was, it weighed so much. So you, there's a lot of engineering that has to go into that for it to hang upside down. But let me just tell you, thank God I was able to go in the night before and hang this cake and test because I get it hung. I walk away, I take pictures. It's so beautiful and I love it. I go to dinner to celebrate with my staff because it was an all hands on deck kind of thing. And Angela calls me. It wasn't like an hour after I left her. And she goes, I, and when I see my phone ring from Angela on the night of a wedding or the day of, I'm just like, oh shit, this can't be good. This is 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, this and is 11 o'clock at night. Let me and just I'm paint just like, the picture. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah <laughs> we're all loading in, okay? This is an overnight load in. It's pretty large production with lots of drape, lots of hanging things. They have amazing hang points in there. But we have to be very efficient with our time because we have to pay the rigors for our time blocks. Yep. I think, I don't know if they're union or not, but that's a whole different story. So... I am doing something that's not in the room. I don't remember what I was doing. And I come back into the room and I see the structure that the lighting company and the chandelier company had hung all these chandeliers. Now we had all these chandeliers ordered custom for this client. We never used them before. It was a, we always do new stuff. So there's always going to be challenges when everything, every time you do something, you do it differently. Yeah. Every time you do it, it keeps it interesting they had a new operations manager and I'm over there and I'm like, guys, why would you use an ugly structure like that to hang these beautiful Christmas? Like I'm just appalled and I'm just like, this can't stay like this. Like these, it looks like you went to the trash can out back and like got some shitty steel to put up there and the operations director is like, well, once the lights go off, I mean, it, it, oh it disappears. And I'm like, dude, you don't no. know me that well. And yeah. it is dark outside. We're, we're damn near pushing midnight. And we're going to like either have to get up there and spray paint them. Like they're, we're going to have to do something. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do? And all of a sudden I hear this huge like splat. And we all turn around because I have my back to it. And I'm like, did that cake just fucking fall? Oh, no. And there was like silence for like five, literally no one moved for like five minutes. You could like hear a pin drop in that entire building. Oh, no. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go take care of that. And you take care of this. And we'll reconvene in an hour. And hopefully by 1 a.m. we have all this worked out. And so I went downstairs and I'm like, I I just have to walk out of the room now. And so that's when I call you. Well, look, and I look at my phone, I'm like, and I look at my phone and I'm like, oh shit, this cannot be good. There's, this is never, ever good. This is never good. And so she calls and she's like, you have to get over here now. The cake fell. I was like, what? I was like, okay, I'm coming. You answered the phone. What's wrong? yeah what's wrong you didn't I did, even say I hey hello you said what's no wrong. i didn't i said what's wrong yeah you're right and we went um, right into it i'm like the cake right I, and i said I'll he's like you're kidding <laughs> i'm like do i sound like i'm kidding <laughs> no she wasn't kidding well look so lesson learned there um so we get there we get the cake and i find out exactly what happened so in those kind of structures and in those cakes there's a threaded <laughs> rod that is mounted remember this cake is mm-hmm. upside down Okay, 
So there's a threaded rod that goes all the way through the cake and then through the base of the cake that is holding everything together. Um, under each layer, there's a plate that is also threaded onto the rod. Now, the reason the cake did not come completely apart was because of all the different plates and the threaded rods. However, what happened was, I, dun, forgot, dun. I, right? I forgot one like two inch washer and a nut that goes on the very base of that cake and the entire and cake. It. And you I knew it. it. I, I, I totally knew exactly what it was. I was like, oh my God. I did not put the water. I was so in my mind. I was thinking on the way there. I was like, "What did I do? How's that happen?" Because I built it to stay. I mean, I built it to travel, and I was like, "Oh my god, I had to have left the water." But when I saw it, it was stripped off the rod. The entire, all the layers and the plates just slid completely off the rod, and it was all because that one washer and one nut. And of course, it destroyed the cake. We had to take the cake back to the shop, redecorate the entire thing, pull all the jewels off, reposition the, the jewels, the clean the jewels. Yeah, we had to clean all the jewels, sanitize them, steam them, um, let them dry. And then all night, it was an all night thing. And we had to redecorate the entire entire cake and bring it back and rehang it. And you don't think I wasn't nervous? Right. Look, it's right above the damn sweetheart table. So if yeah. that cake had fallen, it would have fallen on our clients. Now, let me just tell you something. All of you guys out there, this is normal for us. This, and this is not, was, yeah. This, this is normal. Okay, so the problem is panic is not your friend in a situation like this. The, the, you have to learn all of these things subtly. And, you know, I really believe, now not to say that everything we ever did was a shit show because it wasn't, but we always had challenges. Remember, we moved a wedding from two weeks to a very private big wedding from North Carolina to New York in two weeks. Like, yeah, and I had to everything. fly your ass to New York. <laughs> yeah, we flew to New York. We put cake on a bus and I met it there and stayed in a hotel an hour away. That was another thing where. Oh, that was a me. shit show. That was me. the only time she has ever called me at midnight crying and say, because I don't know. I need you because she does yeah. not cry. And so I knew when she called and I could hear her that she was really upset. I was like, oh, ooh, jeez. I cannot get there fast enough. So literally I get there and I walk in and I, she's like, just help me handle this. And it wasn't and, and nothing to do with the cake. It, no, nothing. It was nothing to do with the cake. It was, it was everything else. But the problem was, I think you were just ex exhausted. I, oh. I don't think it was anything about, yeah. you know, ability about, and it was frustration out of exhaustion and you just needed an, a, another breath to come in and you could trust me and you knew that. And that's what I, that's the, that's the point of the story is you've got to surround yourself with people that you trust vehemently to have your best interest and your client's best interest at heart. And Angela knows that, and, and we've worked with vendors for years as, as a team, that we know no matter what happens, it doesn't matter that I'm not a florist. If somebody tells me to climb a ladder and hang vines or whatever, if they need me to do that, they know I never, ever say no to that. I will help. We all pull together and we help because that's what makes that strength there. Basically, we tore down a whole freaking room 
and redid and it overnight. It. And redid it overnight. And what happened there, just, just not to leave people hanging. Um, no, no, and I'm being, I'm being vague for a reason, but she, yeah. she can share with you exactly yeah, what I'll, happened. I'll it was say, a, yeah. it was a challenge logistically. Okay. It was a yep. challenge logistically and, but we did it. It was beautiful. It was, yep, it was Hillary Scott from Lady Antebellum and Chris Terrell, the heard their drummer yeah. getting married. And we had a breach of confidentiality at yep. the location yeah. that they grew up with, like her and her family. Yeah. And they are the nicest, the, most Christian uh, people ever. Like sweet. probably one of the sweetest families, Both one of, of the top three sweetest families yeah. I've ever worked ever. with in the history of my clients. Yeah. Ever. And so just from a confidentiality standpoint, we had to change gears real quick and they're both busy. They're on the road. I went up there and, and picked a place, hired some people. And it's funny because I went to the city first and I didn't like anybody that I met there. I'm like, these people are all really snobby. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the little town in Albany where Chris is from and which is like three hours outside and th I didn't know a train existed I the guy he's like you drove like the floral designer that I met with and <laughs> so you know we hit it off just kind of like Jay yeah. and I did and yeah. I thought it was all good he was like how how, how are we going to do this like you're you live in Nashville I'm like well I'm pretty much going to move up here for the next week and a half and he's like you can stay at my place I mean just the nicest person beautiful shop and so I thought we were clear I thought yeah I pictures i thought yep. we were really clear on design and then the bride stops by the day of before rehearsal and pretty much i guess they have a conversation when i'm not there and i don't know what happened in that conversation but something it kind of went like this where oh you you have creative control you do whatever you want kind of thing well, well and when knowing I her the way in, i know her now I, I could totally see and she's the sweetest thing ever she's however the sweetest thing ever she'd never say no like never he, never question he didn't know like what their home looks like he didn't right. know you know right. I gave him pictures and yeah. stuff so I so I'm gone for hours because we do the rehearsal we do the rehearsal dinner we're moving people on buses back and forth there's a lot going on it is nuts and so it's it was crazy and so I walk into this place which by the way the owner of the venue thought I was the bride because we, I, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> they yeah. all thought I was the bride. Well, we had Mr. and Mrs. Nashville. <laughs> uh huh. That's how point. everybody knew everything. Yep. <laughs> it was so <laughs> funny. I can and say so, that now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fine. But like, it's just, and so this woman who owned this venue, she's like, "You really are a um, a psycho bride. Like, why are you here at eleven o'clock at night?" And so I just kind of ignored her. And I walked in and I'm like, what is this? Like, this uh -oh. is not, and y'all, just to paint you a picture, it was like drabby, like dark linens on dark carpet. It was like overlays from like my great, great, great grandmother, which was not only not in style, but like that wasn't their style at all. No. And and it's like, and I knew them so well. And so I, I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to sit down on the floor and cry. I had not slept in three days. I was yeah. getting sick. I could feel myself getting like strep throat. 
And so I'm just like, I think I'm going to cry because we only have so many hours. And I'm like, where is all the stuff that I originally ordered from this dude? And so he like comes down off of a ladder and I'm just shaking my head. And I'm like, I just don't understand. How did I miscommunicate? Like, and this was all like pre Pinterest. And even if Pinterest existed, they wouldn't have had the time to do it in the first place. No, and they trusted us to design this. Exactly. And, and and we did. He was so mean. He was so rude. And I'm like, he's like, I am not redoing all of this. I'm like, I will do it myself then. I'm like, I will, I don't know where I'm going to get the stuff. I'm like, we talked about this, 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 and this. Uh And that's when I called you and Sam and Blake and all my Nashville people, which was only the three of you. And I'm like, Blake and I were already (laughs) in the bed. Like we were. So was Sam. Everybody. And he goes, I said, that was Angela. So we have to go. And he's like, what? I said, yeah. 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 Get your ass out. Get your ass out. We got to go. And we, and I was calling. She upset. (laughs) And like, I mean, his crew, like, he did jump in, and he did not speak to me. They did not look at me. Well, remember, after I got there, I just walked in, and I said, we're taking it all down. Mm -hmm. And And we did. And we did. We took everything except for the chandelier. That was the only thing that worked. Yeah. And it was pretty. It was fine. It was beautiful. But everything else, absolutely. I was literally out in the woods finding... (laughs) was I not I was looking for stumps and branches and all this shit because he didn't order what she told him to order yeah and we literally we literally built a wedding like MacGyver I'm not kidding you in 10 hours yeah we redid an entire room lighting and all they even had the lights wrong the gels were wrong it was awful everything was wrong everything was wrong it was awful and And so they know it's just these experience i look back now and i just think oh we've oh come my. so far we've but come like, so far he and, and the thing is it's like i am a team player like i like and and i was the whole time i'm like how did i miscommunicate i don't understand i don't understand but it doesn't matter this isn't about me we have to fix this yeah and so the minute they walked in um, they were, they were, you know, oh my God, I love this. This is just like our home, which is what they wanted. They wanted it yep. to look like their home. And I, we spent lots of time in their home. And so, um, and, and he saw that reaction. And so, you know, again, we, we, we broke down, we had the wedding, no one spoke to me. The catering staff was pissed because I took all their phones because I told them we, we had yep. to take everybody's phones for confidentiality purposes and so it's like that town semi hated me. And the next day, like I had to go and return things. And, you know, I don't like leaving business unfinished. Like it, that, yeah. I don't have that type of a reputation. And so yeah, no. I walked into his office and, you know, everybody's unloading, everybody's tired. And he started crying and he's like, you taught me the most valuable thing. And he's like, I'm so sorry I let you down. He said, I thought you were this little blonde from Nashville that bebopped up in here with your big ass hair. And I did what I wanted. And you're gay gay on your arm. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I, he's like, I have never been pushed. I've never been questioned. I do what I want to do. I own this town with weddings. And he does. And he still does. And he said, 
no one has ever done this to me. And he Nobody's said, ever you taught me. Him. Yeah. No. And he's like, you taught me such a good lesson. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I let you down. And he's like, you are like a mini me version, but better. And he's like, I want to learn from you. And yeah. so he's like, I want you to teach me how to go paperless and how to do this process and how to do yeah, because guys, <laughs> if you could see, yeah, if you could see, this is, yeah, if you could see his shop, his shop is beautiful, but beautiful, it's still run like in 1970, like as far as the business goes, not anymore. It's, it's, well, not anymore. But it was it was like word of mouth. Mm. He was the he was the queen bee in this in that town, and you know, pretty much everybody trusted him to to for, to bring his vision more so his vision than even a customer's vision, in my opinion. Yeah, the customers it, that they had there would just cow down to whatever he said. And that's basically what happened here is that he didn't listen to Angela. So I guess the moral of the story here is, you know, listening to your client and, and allowing and, and your client allowing you as a business professional to be creative. Because let me just tell you right now, Angela will tell you, I, I'll tell you right now, we had a client that was being a bridezilla, honest to God, about her cake. And and she kept, she met what, three people, Ange? And yeah, I, I, I told her, I was, she sat down with me and she said, I just, and so Angela set up a consult with me to do a tasting and her mom and her, her boyfriend came in and um, she's just sat down and she's like, this is my third tasting or my fourth tasting. And Angela insisted that I meet with you because I'm a bride, I'm going to be a bridezilla about my cake. And I said, well, I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't work with bridezillas. Nope. And I said, I can do anything you can dream up, but I'm the expert here. You got to listen to me. <laughs> and by the time we were done, she used me. She chose me. We designed a great cake. I thought her mom and her fiance was going to fall off the sofa because mm -hmm. I don't think anybody had stood up to her ever in this whole process. But guys, it took a lot of experience to be able to have that confidence to be able to say, allow me to do my best work because when I'm not pigeonholed by a client or a planner or any other vendor, I can do amazing, much more amazing work and turn out something much more relevant to what the client is really looking for. And I and think that that's a hard lesson to learn when you're an entrepreneur and you're new or you're, you know, you're a freshman in your business and you're trying to please so many people to gain more business. I, I guess that goes along with not, it's okay to say no. Okay. Um, I, I think that's, that's a very valuable tip that I wish somebody had told me originally because man, it is just, it's hard. It's hard. But what I'll it's say really is hard. Like, you, you sometimes like you have to follow your gut and, and morally and have integrity and like, I know what's right. And so, and like, don't be afraid. I mean, I never, ever want to be rude or bitchy or anything, but there are times when it's stressful and there's a lot of pressure and we have to pull together as a team. And just because I stood up to him, we still, to this day, have a great relationship. But he you flies me out there to work with him. Right, and, right. 
I mean, it, it, he texted me the other day a picture of him and his new husband. And he's like, hey, are you going to market? I'm like, I'm going to market. And he's like, all right, I'll see you in Atlanta. So, you know, and, and I mean, this was so long ago. And it's like you build the best solid relationships with people and going through these really stressful moments. It's just something you can't really explain. Um, but I do want to shift gears because even yeah. after all of these things that have happened and things that you have learned in the midst of all this, you went from having Maple's Wedding Cakes to closing that brand, moving your brand to downtown in, yep. in the same office complex where I had an office. Yep. And why did you do that? And what did it do for your business? So I transitioned that pretty um, methodically. Um, what I started doing in there originally was having the operation stay in Murfreesboro where we would produce the work, but on um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Sunday, I would um, do tastings at our offices. You know, I would do a tasting and I, I would bring clients in and we would meet and do tastings there downtown. And then I real, and then it was just fortuitous, honest to goodness. There was a kitchen in the same building that became available, a huge kitchen and an amazing price. So I set up my office and my operations facility in downtown Nashville because all of my clients and all of the venues were within a five mile radius of that location. So from a business standpoint, it just made so much sense. And we really did. I tripled my business by that point. But the, the key here is that you focused because you learned by understanding and knowing numbers that you weren't being as profitable running because y'all, it was Maple's wedding. It was like a bakery and like a cafe and wedding cakes. It yeah, wasn't. So, just, and yeah, I learned to, I, I didn't mean to talk over you, Ange, but I, no, no, point, that's what I, I want to make. To yeah. I, I want the point to be in 2007, after being in business from 2000, late 2004, to 2007, in March of 2007, I realized very quickly that the money for me, for my business and the cash cow was, and my passion was in wedding cakes and not celebration cakes and not having a cafe with lunch and all this crap. I realized I wanted to be known for wedding cakes. And so I set my sights in 2007, in March, 2007, to become known for wedding cakes. And I was going to leave a mark and by 2010, I think I had been published. Well, I got published for the first time in Martha Stewart Weddings. And then 2011, Brides Magazine named me top 100 wedding cake designers in America. Like, that is huge still to me. It's huge. Are you kidding? Like, and, and I'm self-taught on top of that. So, yeah, I have a business degree, but creatively... I didn't know how to use any of the tools, the fancy tools that were available. I used what I had to be creative and to be different on purpose. Like, I don't want to be cookie cutter. I didn't, you, it, look, I realized too, you could stand out in the crowd. It wasn't hard in this industry to stand out in the crowd because people frankly are boring and not creative. I mean, there's some not really good, well, there's some really good producers, but there's not really good visionaries. And imagine imaginators, imagineers, I guess is what it's called. Like they we don't make up our own they, words. Well, yeah, I get whatever. But you know what? I, I, it's, it, that comes from passion. I think just understanding 
what you're capable of, not understanding what you're capable of doing and being pushed outside of your box sometimes forcibly because of time constraints. But basically, I went from absolutely completely unknown brand, not even the brand that I originated was. Your brand is going to always evolve. It, it, and I, your brand and your logo is not the same thing. And what's evolved for me is not only have I become known as a wedding cake designer and done lots and lots of very high profile weddings, wedding cakes, designs for really wonderful people, um, private and public alike, and TV. I've been able to do the TV thing. I became a known brand, but it was because I stayed focused on what I wanted. And it's still remarkable for me. And that translated then further on into, and I don't know if this is the direction you want to go on this, but it translated into doing more business consulting because I recognized very quickly what was lacking in this industry because these people are creatives. They are not business people. They're not business oriented people where Angela and I, I think what makes Angela and I so unique specifically is we came from a corporate background, a corporate healthcare background that was very structured to begin with. Okay. And we saw all the things we loved and hated about it. I had enough insight to know to build our own empire. That was our goal. We talked about it at two and three o'clock in the morning. We would cry with each other. We would fuss at each other. Yep. Yeah. We would just, you know, I told Angela a thousand times, I hate this. I want to quit. She's like, you're not going to quit. And I've, I've quit a million times. Like I've quit a million times. I think that's just me being dramatic, but honest to goodness, it pushed me to keep going. She pushed me to keep going. And my friends, our friends that are, in this industry across this country and world even at this point pushed us to keep going and to keep doing and to keep pushing ourselves. And um, I, I, now I, I love doing consulting for people and I love doing things like this to where I can share and inspire people to just not ever give up. Like it sounds so cliche, but I'm living proof and Angela is living proof. And that this is something I ask my clients now when I'm consulting with them. What is it truly that you have put 100% effort into that you have not succeeded at? If you stop and think about anything you've decided, oh, I want to do this. If you really put 100% effort and resources into it, there's not anything that you can't, that you can say that you can't haven't achieved, right? I don't think. I, I challenge anybody to, to, you know, if you're being honest and saying, I've, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've given it my all. Um, so that's, that's hopefully is inspirational. And like, if you'd have told me I was going to do TV and magazines and more TV, I mean, as recent as three weeks ago, like I would have told you, you are crazy. Like do you, so the very first show that you were on, I believe was on TLC next great baker. Was yep. that the first one? And that so was the very first one. We had a and that, a and awesome that was after. Party. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Yes, we had an awesome, so, awesome viewing party. But I was on that show for almost the whole season. Eight, there was eight episodes. Yeah, and, I think it was like and like eight episodes. Seven. And we yeah. would we would meet at one of my. I remember meeting at one because y'all would all come over at, to my house that I had at the time. Yep. And like you would shoot in my kitchen, like shoot videos in my kitchen, not like guns. Yeah. And um, do uh, I mean I had a big commercial kitchen, and so yeah. 
but you would bring your friends. And remember that one episode where you were like trying to help me with QuickBooks and oh, your friends yeah. <laughs> were like, they were out there watching TV and we were in my office and I had like double glass doors to my office. So like you could see and kind of hear from the office to the, where the living room was. And the, like the friend, when they, they left, they thought we were going to like kill each other. Kill each other. <laughs> and we're like, we're like, what? What, what are you talking about? And yeah, when like, we got ready to leave, they were like, are you guys okay? I'm like, yeah, why? What, they were, we're like, like, you were yelling at each other. I'm like, screaming. Screaming. We were, but, <laughs> but we were trying to, basically I was trying to pry her Blackberry out of her damn hand and get her to switch over to an iPhone. <laughs> I'm, that still is gonna thing. Take I'm still going to take credit for that because you truly, can. that's, and, and it's so interesting because now it's flipped where, well, I just don't get the opportunity to really use the technology like I normally would if I well, were. You're cheating you know, on I, me now. I know. Well, sort of. <laughs> but, but in all honesty, I just don't, I don't have a need to do it as right. much as I would before. Right. Not that I don't appreciate it because I'm still a tech and a gadget person. I love technology and I love the gadgets. So, but yeah, so the kind of relationship that we have is I'm trying to set up her QuickBooks and, and refine it to what she does because uh, that, that's the, that's the consulting business person in me that wants to make sure that she's getting compensated for all the work she's making does. money. Like, it's making money. It's about freaking making money. I'm, I could set it home for free and do nothing. How many times have you heard me say that? Like, I'm not oh, going to do a cake if I don't make fucking money. Oops, sorry. If yep. I don't make, if I don't make any money off it, I ain't doing it unless it's something I want to do. You know, that's different. Um, but no, I mean, come on guys. It's a hard way to go because you are taken away from your family and your friends. And I can't tell you like, it's, it's not worth doing for free. You really need to just, um, you really need to track your time, <laughs> track your time for one thing. Do your know what you're worth. Do, yeah. Know your worth. That's yep. right. And let me just give this little quote. Okay. Let me just give this little quote because I think this is a very, very, very valid, um, a very valid quote that I, I almost say daily, honest to goodness. And that is, um, I want to read it because I don't want to mess it up. Um, the thought of the day. This is one of the thoughts of the day that I have all the time. Your value does not decrease based on someone else's inability to see your worth. Amen. 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 The, I love it. And that's the truth. Just because somebody else doesn't see your value, it doesn't mean that you're not worth what you think you're worth. And I, I use BMW as the existence of that every day. Uh, uh, you know, BMW doesn't change their prices because somebody can't afford a BMW. They can only afford, you know, a Nissan or whatever. Like, they don't change their prices because the pop, there's a certain portion of the market that's going to buy your product or not. And by the way, if you're in a place where you can't feasibly afford to charge what it costs you to do that and make a living on it, then it's not a feasible business. You need to stop. The smartest thing anybody could do as an entrepreneur is know when to say when. Yep. So yep. 
that is not, that doesn't mean you're failing. That just means you need to retool what you're doing and rethink how you're doing it and make it work for where you are. Um, and you've done that multiple times because then oh, after yeah. you left our kitchen and our office, I believe it was mainly because you were in physical pain, like from your shoulder to your elbow, yes. from like decorating and doing things. I mean, it is labor effing intense, intense. And you've developed a few products along the way. You've done m multiple television shows. And I think you were just kind of tired. And then an Exhausted. opportunity came up in um, yeah. a really great part of town. And basically you were handed another bakery slash shop and you started doing wedding cakes and you started another brand and did that for a little bit. And what, what did you learn from that time? Third time's a charm. So, and I know you were still doing consulting for shops yeah. as well too. Well, honestly, that's how that came about. And that last stint for, so throughout this whole time, you know, um, weddings are seasonal here. Um, really, I would say probably March through November um, yeah. is probably the busiest time. So I always, in the off season, I would always do something. And so I started, I, yeah, I had knee problems, back problems, arm, torn rotator cuff, just from lifting, pulling, tugging, kneading fondant, rolling fondant, being on my feet for 20 hours a day, climbing ladders, hauling cakes, lifting 50, 60 it's pound hard. cakes in and out of van. It is hard work. And by the way, we didn't only just set a cake down on a table. We hung a cake from 40 feet into a tree. Okay. So it wasn't just your normal average wedding cake deliveries. And by the way, in yeah. the heat of that moment of those times, we were doing 12 to 14 weddings, wedding cakes a week. Crazy. All right. Just think about that. So while I was having, while I was recovering from knee surgery, I decided to create Willow Tree Business Consulting. And I did that because I recognized all of the things, as I said before, that there's so much that needs to be done and taught and learned. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't just sit there and just watch everybody else make these horrible mistakes. And so I developed that company and I put it out there and I started doing consulting. And during the consulting phase of this, I was consulting a client here in Nashville that owned a bakery. And honest to goodness, she really and truly did not know what she was doing. Um, she opened a bakery because she couldn't get a good birthday cake for her kids. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that, that came right from her mouth. And I thought, well, I don't want to own a shop again. I'm doing this consulting. And basically I could not pass this up. It was such a deal. And it was in a part of town that I had always wanted to try um, to have a cake shop. It had the right zip code basically. All right. Now I took it on as an experiment, honest to goodness, because what I did, I get these clients that say, well, I can't sell cakes for that price here. I don't, you know, my town or my community won't support that kind of business. So what I did is I took that business and the brand and tweaked the brand just a little bit to put my name attached to it. But other than that, I didn't change anything. I added wedding cakes to the menu, which she wasn't doing. I kept the same staff. I pretty much kept all the same recipes. Um, I tweaked what I thought should be doing. We, within one year, I doubled 
the revenue in that company using the same things in the same location and the same staff and all this stuff. I doubled the revenue. So I, I proved what I set out to prove was it's not all about location, 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 or product, product, product. It's about connecting with the people and giving them what they're yearning for. And I did that for almost three years. Uh, and I was just like, okay, I can't. I mean, I, I was like, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't want to do this. I don't have anything left to prove by producing 14, 15 wedding cakes a week. I just don't. And honestly, I was beginning to lose my passion for that. But what I did find passion in still was consulting. So I've changed the focus back to that. Um, it's much easier on me physically. Um, I'm still sharp in my mind most of the time, <laughs> most of the time. And then now I get to pick and choose which cakes I would like to do, you know, just as a, because it's, it's fun, fun or it's creative. Yeah, it's fun again. And that's what I needed it to be from a creative standpoint. You know, I can crunch numbers all day and I love it. And I love data because data don't lie and numbers don't lie. And, but from a creative standpoint, I do just, so I teach now, I speak, I do speaking engagements. I, I teach QuickBooks um, to um, small business owners and how to set that up and the technology that would need, you know, for social media marketing and things like that. So that's where I spend most of my time now. And, um, and I really enjoy it. And it's, it's a huge evolution, honest to God. And I think we painted a really good picture here in this podcast around that, because I think, um, we started out literally, I started out with the name that I wrote down on a napkin, um, Maples. And that was the street that we lived on at the time in Murfreesboro. And we loved that house and that, that, that area. And we wanted that to live on, but I outgrew that brand. Um, and I rebranded to my name because that was where we found the publicity with the magazines and the, and the brand around, you know, the publications and the television and all that stuff. And it just goes to show you've got to listen to your brand as much as anything, because your brand dictates really and truly in what direction you carry your business. But also, aside from the brand portion, happiness is really important. And you've made lots of changes in all the years that I've known you. But one great thing is you always know when you're happy, when you're unhappy, and that you need to make a change. And when yes. you decide something, like you do it. So for people who are unhappy or they know they need to change something, like what would your, what guidance do you have for them? Um, I don't think you'll ever meet anyone as passionate as me. I mean, when I'm passionate, I can be passionate about sweeping a floor, all right? It, when I decide to do something, move. I, I can do it. I will do it or die. And I think there's a lot of people, I think that's the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I never was a risk taker. I was so safe in my little bubble in the healthcare industry. And when I was forced to step out of it and create a new bubble, I did. And it was scary. But I think being happy with what you do comes along with know what you do and do what you know. And I think if you focus on that, 
um, and, and really think about what makes you happy from day to day. What gets you motivated? What inspires you to get up and, and feel excited about the day? Now, I'm going to say I'm going to be cautious with something because I took the one thing that I was super passionate about, which was cake. Um, and I took that hobby and I turned it into a profession to where the name cake and Jay Qualls is synonymous at this point. I mean, everybody knows me for that, the cake person, the cake guy, like, but so be careful with that, but also just be, life is too short not to be happy in what you're doing. And it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Who cares what people think? If I decide I don't want to do consulting tomorrow, by damn, I will stop doing consulting. If it doesn't bring me joy, I'm not doing it. And, and I've lived a lot of different lives and a lot of different careers, but I've always been successful at whatever I've tried for the most part. And who knows what's next? Like, because I'm not done yet. No, no. And so take us behind the scenes a little bit of, um, you know, I know a lot of people think that once you're in Martha Stewart and once you're in all these magazines and once you're on TV shows and on TLC and CBS and ABC and Bravo mm -hmm. and I don't know what the next channel is. I don't, I don't know what I should say. There's a lot of but. Them. What have you learned? Like, so, so we get emails weekly from production companies saying like, come be on this television show and come be on this and come be on this. So just from like takeaways, like we've done a few shows together, which yeah. by the way, they try to like play us against each other, but CJ and I oh, yeah. know each other too well and they don't know that. And so I'm like, uh, you're not going to do that here. We'll play your game for a little bit. <laughs> and it's kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, we'll play with them more than they play with us. Exactly. Like, Wait, what? What's but happening? what have you learned? Like going into doing TV and you go in thinking one thing and then to today, just the experience you were telling me the other day and what, like how different and what is that like? Well, TV has evolved too. I mean, I've been doing TV since 2010, so almost 10 years. And there's a big difference now between what they call scripted TV and unscripted TV. Unscripted TV is basically controlled reality television. That's like what you see on Food Network and like on the shows that, you know, where there's competitions and things like that. Um, scripted TV is where there's a plan and there's producers that are going to tell you what you're, how you're going to communicate, not necessarily from a script, but from a, to deliver the message that goes along with the storyline. And I love doing that. I think that's a lot of fun. The best advice I would could give someone is, you know, um, don't think going on television or getting published in a magazine in a national magazine or international magazine is going to change your, your business or your life it's going to give you exposure um you need to be prepared for that um, to be able to capitalize on that exposure you aren't going to it's not going to like <clears throat> excuse me it's not going to bring you a ton more business it's going to give you a lot of exposure you need to be prepared to from a social media standpoint for example um, capitalize on that. It's great bragging rights to say that you've been on Food Network or you've been in Brides Magazine or Martha Stewart. Um, but it's not, it's not something that's going to change your life forever. 
And I think that's what people think that, oh my God, if I just go on this show, I mean, you and I have a friend, Robert, who shot Tom Cruise's wedding and I think Jennifer Aniston, I don't, Brad Pitt, I don't know, but like it almost hurt his brand because your general everyday consumers, which by the way, keeps our business going and pays our bills <laughs> and pays us to keep the business going. Um, yeah, I mean, it's talk it's, to that, like how it can, you really have to keep educating people that, you know, you don't do 50 celebrities a, a year. That's going to no. keep you in business. No, no, no. Those, those are what I call bluebirds. You know, you get a bluebird fly in, it's beautiful and you get to, you know, reap the benefits of having a celebrity wedding. But, and believe me, I don't take them for granted, but I literally just did a TV show um, not even three weeks ago. And I, I think back during that experience, I was thinking, you know, 10 years ago, I was getting ready to do a, my first TV show and I was so excited and I was so looking forward to that, um, that exposure, having a new business <clears throat> and three years into it, um, doing a national television show really with no experience at all in TV or competition. And um, I think the best thing or the best way to approach it is to not, um, not take for granted those, those jobs that you get that those those bluebirds that fly in that are really good jobs that you get, you know, you bike can have bragging rights for, but to appreciate your everyday client that comes in and, and really brings the money to the table on a weekly basis where um, that's your sustainability and um, treat them the same. Um, they may be, have a different um, style or whatever, but as far as customer service and attention, everybody deserves the same attention. And that, that's what I really tried to do um, and be respectful of their privacy. I didn't care if they were a famous person or not. I wanted, I wanted them to be taken care of and I wanted them to know that they could trust me as a vendor. And that was super important for me um, was be able to, you know, respect them. Yeah. I mean, we're all people. None of us are perfect. We all piss in the same pot. And the bottom line is when you can relate to someone and you can design for them and execute a vision that, by the way, they didn't even know they had. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are still talking about cake. Like my brother, he got married, gosh, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't know. But they're having their first baby. I know. And so they are like, you know, will Jay do our baby shower cake? Like, I know he's not really doing it that much anymore. And I'm like, Jay has done pretty much every important cake in every life moment that my family needs. And so I'm like, of course I'm going to ask him. And then he's like, you know, what kind of cake? And literally the my sister-in-law said the same kind that we had at our wedding and i'm like we've slept since then and probably done a few hundred wedding cakes i don't effing remember a few like hundred. Are you kidding me oh my god yeah i don't remember 
Yeah. And so I'm like, she's like, it was white. I think it was like an, an almond flavor. I was like, okay, got it. That's the most popular. People love the almond flavor cake. But it's like, I mean, here we are almost a decade later, and that's what they want for their baby shower cake. So it's just, you're not just making a cake, like you're impacting people's lives and like you make a memory that they're never going to forget. Well, it's really funny because I literally just this week had a girl um, email me um, through our website, um, through the Frosted Affair that said, you made our wedding cake 10 years ago and we're having our 10th anniversary and we would really love to get the almond cake for our anniversary. And I was like, 10 years? Yeah, we have an eight and a 10 year old. I'm like, oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Yes, it's crazy. It's just, it's so... um... You know, while this industry is hard and it's stressful, it is rewarding at the same time. And it's, we get to be part of one of the most important days of people's lives. And it, you can't replace that with anything, good or bad. Um, and yes, we've been drugged to court together, not because of us, but because we were oh, subpoenaed. Yeah. <laughs> we've been oh, parts of like people's bankruptcy. Like it, yep. the, but it makes you stronger. Like you never, ever, ever give up. Like you no, keep going. No, no, I will. And I, that's the thing. I think resilience is probably, and look, so what if people don't listen, I have made, I'm not normally an enemy maker. I'm not. I mean, people, most people like me. And if you know me, you know that I'm pretty fair and I care about people, but most people may not like me as much they don't even know who I am they don't know me they've never spoke to me they they've had not bothered to get them so don't worry about that okay just do what you know is right do the best you can to to do what's right by your customers and your you know your friends and your family and your 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 peers and everything will be fine everything else will work out and control what you can control I can't control what other people think about me I can't control that people think I ripped them off from a design standpoint that is on the cover of Southern Living Weddings. Like to this day, I don't understand the person that thought that I copied them. It's like that cake was designed six years before it even got published or became a cover. Years ago. <laughs> years. Years before. And I was like, are you kidding? And- so just know that you can't control everything and it's okay. Um, and the more people start making shit up about you, you oh. know that you've kind of made it. Like people, well, I'll yeah, never forget. I keep, telling, like, I keep telling Angela, I'm like, <laughs> I want, I, I said, Ooh, we're going to get on TMZ yet. I, I can't wait because I love me some good gossip. Okay. I love to be the story of good gossip too. But at least yours is the truth. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Truth, like, yeah, it's true. And so when people twist and, and lie, fly out lie and make up stories it's like you know you've made it and it's almost like you you can't care (laughs) no you can't care and and the thing is I most of the time like I said if you know me you know I'm a very genuine person I love people and I love taking care of my customers and I love I, I, I don't have to be loved or liked by my customers. I, it's not what I'm there for. I'm there to perform a job for them. 
but the more success that you have or gain, the, the more hateful people are going to become and the more contrite and jealous and it's just okay. It's okay to, for them to be that way though. That's what I, you become very thick skinned. Don't become a cynic though, because I think there's wonderful people out there and I continuously get really great and amazing work and opportunities all because of Kate. And I, I'm grateful for it. All because of sugar. <laughs> all because I'm a prostitute. You know That's that. right. Cake porn. <laughs> oh, tell them that one last story about the cake porn AB split test on your website. And then we're out of time. Oh, we got to wrap okay. up. Yes. All right. So this is, a re this is really an interesting test. So I used to do something called cake crumbs. And it's where I would just give tidbits and advice. I was just driving one day and I decided to turn on my phone and go on Facebook and and or somewhere and decide like, okay, I'm going to do this. Well, um, they, I, 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 we would just get, when I would post up pictures, I would get so much traffic on my website. And I was like, I wonder what it would be like if I did something called what I call cake porn. So, cause I would Google pictures of cakes all the time and I would just sit for hours and just look at other people's work and get ideas and get just inspired and things like that. And um, so I decided to build a, just a tab on my website that was the exact same photos that was in the wedding cake gallery. But this tab, I called it cake porn. And you would not believe how many people clicked on that button and stayed on that button. It's sex sells. It does. I mean, hashtag prostitute. And I'm just like, I'm just like, this it's is crazy. crazy. This is crazy. All because of the name. So that just goes to tell you something happens in a name. And um, yeah, I, 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 I never ever had a lack of just being blown away by people. People shot me. Still. <laughs> Still. So we'll end on that note. People shock you. <laughs> so if people want to connect with you, and by the way, guys, like Jay and I did a series together on YouTube called Jay and yep. Ann, and yep. that's so much live on YouTube, and did a season of that. And then would they just go to jayqualls.com for Willow Tree yep. Consulting, or what's the URL? Uh, WillowTreeBusinessConsulting.com. WillowTreeBusinessConsulting.com. Um, com. Got it. Yeah. And you can email me at j at jqualls.com um, uh, anytime if you have questions or if you have, you know, a need or you want some business advice or whatever. I'm always happy to help. I'm not going to help you for free, so don't get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything costs something. All the good yeah. things in life are hard to find, but it's, it's it's priceless. Well, thank you so much for taking time out today to share your story with us. Yeah, please. And, uh, thank you for having me. Of and course. Please follow me on Instagram, jqualshast. Um, Has, not ass. H-A-S-S. -S. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's jqualls has on instagram and it's jqualls on facebook on my page please follow say hi um show me your pictures of your work or your um with whatever the work is i don't care i love seeing and hearing from people so and thank you so much for um including me on the podcast today i really appreciate it i've had so much fun and
Awesome. I want to wish, wish everybody really super, super success and um, follow your dreams and really and truly just work hard and stay focused on what you want and what makes you happy. Amen. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope that y'all have a great day and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.